Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. How's it going? Going good. John, I gotta thank you for um, being accommodating to me and recording on a middle of the weeknight. Yep. Yep. We're here on a Wednesday. Because why? You're going to see some shows this weekend? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to a festival in Detroit all weekend, so this was the only day I could record and still have a day to edit and get it out before oh, that'll be really fun. I'm out of town. I said in the last episode that they're still going to get it on Sunday. I think I've changed my mind on that. I think if I can edit it tomorrow, I'll get it up so I don't have to take my laptop with me. Yeah. Who are you going to see? Anyone that's popular <laughs> no um it's it's a hardcore festival so it's like in some abandoned warehouse and it's a bunch of hardcore bands sounds really fun <laughs> yeah it is if you're is, into that wait a second is shyla is shyla going with you is she allowing you to do this because zach i talked to her around christmas and she was like adamant that you weren't allowed to go to these types of shows by yourself anymore because Zach gets really crazy and stage dives and hurts himself. Yeah. No, I think I'm going to take it easy on this one. Um, but I am going to be with other people. The The problem is a lot of them are injury prone too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. That'll be fun. Yeah, um, should be a good I have I have a fun concert story. Oh, and this will actually tie in nicely to the Better Business Bureau now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Okay. Um, so this isn't, this doesn't relate to me specifically, but my sister, Caitlin, who we just talked about, hasn't listened to our pod. <laughs> um, maybe I'll let her know that I told this story on this one. Um, she and her friends bought tickets to go to the Taylor Swift concert, and they got them a while ago, like right when they came out. They got them for Chicago and it's this weekend and it's just been kind of sketchy on what, what website did they use? Maybe Ticketmaster. Is there another big ticket website? I mean, Ticketmaster is like kind of has a monopoly on the direct stuff. It's stuff. So that's a, that's a resale site. There's a bunch of those. Yes. So, and the tickets have just not showed up. You know, and StubHub says, and they've been saying this the whole time, they bought them like months and months and months ago, and they haven't gotten them yet. But it says that they're going to get them, so they can't like go look for other tickets, you know. And StubHub says the guy has until 48 hours before the concert to post them. And then if he doesn't post them, they'll try to give them, you know, comparable tickets, or they'll refund them 130% of the ticket cost if they can't find it. So they're, they've really been sweating out these last couple months and, and going into Thursday. They'll find out tomorrow because he, they have up until 48 hours before the, sh the show to post the tickets. And tomorrow oh. night will be 48 hours before the show. Ooh, I can't wait to touch base with you again and find out what happened. I know. I've been, I've I, been like waiting for this for like two months to hear about this. <laughs> that can really go either way. So. I have a funny story about that same thing that also will lead into Better Business Bureau pretty well. Um, I actually have been 
the person who scammed someone on ticket oh on my Stubhub gosh before. oh my Unin- gosh unintentionally but uh, this just goes to show well um, the, i think <sighs> the use of the term scam implies that you intentionally did it oh from this person's perspective they probably think i did <laughs> and they probably wanted to kill me um so what happened was also in chicago there's um a big festival that I go to every year called Riot Fest. And in 2016, I went for the first time, had a blast. Uh, and then 2017, I was going to go back. And the guy who my roommate at the time said he was going to go, and he just kept dragging his feet on getting his tickets. And I was going to go in on a hotel or Airbnb with him. And he was dragging his feet on that too. And it was like, a week before the show and i realized this dude has no intention of going i don't know why (laughs) he said he was interested but he's like stringing me along and so I i kept trying to find other people to go with or figure out where i would stay and it got to like the day before the first day of the festival and i i just realized i had to cut my losses and sell the tickets and I was so upset. I was so oh, distraught. Gosh, I actually cried because I had been looking <laughs> forward to it for months. And I put my tickets up on StubHub and even discounted them a little bit just to make sure they sold and was taking a loss on them. And they sold. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I can go about my life. And then... I waited a few days and didn't check my email because I was just like, I don't know, a college kid. I wasn't super responsible, I guess. And it turns out whoever bought the tickets showed up at the gate to try and get in and the barcode wasn't working. And I had printed off in my her in my haste. I had uploaded my 2016 Riot Fest tickets. Oh and these, my gosh. These poor people weren't able to get in. And so so, they, so did you still get paid? I didn't get paid. Um I can't remember if I had to pay them back for it or something. I was like emailing like StubHub corporate and I was like, I'm so sorry. I had tickets to last year and this year and I uploaded the wrong one. It was an honest mistake. And they were like, yeah, the people weren't able to go into the festival. We had to refund them the money. <laughs> so that just oh goes my to show gosh. you That's... StubHub and all those resale sites. <laughs> good in theory. And while I don't like Ticketmaster, if you're trying to go to something that's sold exclusively on Ticketmaster, just get it from Ticketmaster. It's going to be so the here, safest here way that to get guys, StubHub isn't reliable because the person you bought tickets from might just not upload the tickets or upload the wrong tickets. Yeah, that sounds might... like user error, Zach. That oh, it totally was. Is <laughs> you know, I wasn't intentionally being a bad actor. I just like I was in my own feelings. I was you know. I was upset about having oh to give up the gosh. tickets and, and I wasn't paying attention. And the tickets got wasted. And the tickets got wasted. And they nobody got, got paid for them either. Well, I mean, they did get 130% of their value, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, they were able to find other tickets like right there outside the festival and get in somehow. That stinks. <laughs> yeah, I, I still feel That's, bad about it, whoever that was. That is, oh my gosh. 
That's so, funny. That's as funny. promised, we'll send okay. it over to the Better Business well, Bureau. Well, that's perfect. And then get into yep. some comics. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. We're back. I don't have anything else, Zach. We're just back. Yeah, yeah that's it. Zach that's was looking it. at me like he expected more. <laughs> I, yeah, I, want, I thought about riffing and being like, yep, yeah, back with a vengeance or something, but it's we're not me back today. with a vengeance. Um, okay, and we're doing the Ultimates finale. Pretty exciting stuff. Yes. I thought of something fun that we could do while we were going through it. Yeah. Okay. I have not looked over this and done this ahead of time, by the way. So, you know, but I was thinking, looking over these next two comics, anytime we see something that we're like, oh, they used that in the movie, we should say something. Take a shot. Take a shot. Yeah, that could be fun. I have some Crown Royal downstairs. That's the only alcohol splurge on. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking about something fun. Um, earlier in the week, I thought uh, it's not going to, we're probably going to get copyright, you know, struck if we actually embed the Avengers theme song, but I could like buy a kazoo and kazoo the Avengers theme song <laughs> real quick. And it would sound recognizable if not good, but uh, alas, what, I didn't what is get a kazoo? kazoo. You don't know what, what noise is a kazoo. Uh, it's like, like it sounds like, like a, a Flintstones a, thing, like a high pitched hum. It's the, like kids blow into it, and you just kind of blow and hum at the same time, and it makes like the buzzing, mm. like yeah, like a recorder. It's easier to play than a recorder. <laughs> it's like it's intuitive. You don't put your finger over any holes. You're just humming. Okay, wow. You get them at the dollar store or something. Okay, yeah, I'm sure I've seen these things before. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so wait, that would be that would be fun to put but you didn't do that. Oh, I didn't get a kazoo. <laughs> okay. Well, we can still make a comment anytime we we think we see some inspiration for the movie. For sure. Okay, so this one is called This is issue 12. Persons of mass destruction. So, do we have any anything there, Zach? That's like prescient to that time period. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, growing up in like two thousand two, two thousand three, I sure remember hearing the words "weapon of mass destru- destruction" a lot on the news. Or WMDs. I bet. I bet people. I bet people know WMDs, and they might not even know what it stands for. Really? I, I feel like I always heard it said, like, the full thing. Huh, okay. Well, anyway, I think that's comparing superheroes to bombs. Yeah, I think... Okay. <laughs> I think that's an interesting comparison. I feel like it's better than just, so far, in the Ultimates, comparing superheroes to douchebags. 
That's true. Okay, so this one is story by Mark Millar, penciled by Brian Hitch, inked by Paul Neary, colored by Paul Mounts, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And we open on a shot of Thor destroying one of those. Should should we? Do you want to do like a uh, what happened last? Basically, um, they all went to like another country and. It was a trap, Micronesia, and it was a trap, and all of the soldiers, like, died except for, like, the Avengers and their, like, small team, and um, that's it, and the aliens have a super weapon, so it's not looking good. They're in, like, New Mexico, and they were gonna do, like, this sleeper cell kind of quiet takeover of the Earth, and then some other alien showed up and was like, yeah, we're nixing that plan, we're just, uh, we got pushed back here in our intergalactic war we're just going to take the thing by force and if i remember correctly the last issue ended with the iconic uh avengers call out tony thor take the lead yeah yeah that was that was great who could forget so thor we opened thor's destroying one of these like hundred ships that were there at the end of the last issue and cap and is his name Kleischer? Kleiser, yeah. Kleiser? Okay. I know last episode we were having concerns about this also. Not Kaiser. <laughs> yes. Eric Kleiser. So Cap and him are kind of having words with each other. And Cap does an awesome flip and throws a grenade in the jet. And that happened in the movies. And, and I'm pretty sure Thor flying through the air destroying ships also happened in the movies so if we're taking shots then we're behind (laughs) yeah we're on at this point we're on page five and have had two shots but the cap flip is like beat for beat out of one of the movies i'm trying to remember which one probably winter soldier he does a lot of cool stuff in that one Actually, we wouldn't even be on page five yet because there's the cover and a title page. So, yeah, yeah, it's rapidly, you know, being reminiscent of the movies. Yeah. Um. So he throws a grenade into Kleiser's jet and it explodes into a huge fireball, but he's still alive and they begin to fight. And now Kle- Kleiser is naked, which... A lot of people end up fighting naked in this issue. This is a Mark Millar thing, it seems. And they're fighting, and yep, Zach. I just, I love the, but Kleiser's still alive. You're going to hear that a lot this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You are. He just keeps surviving. Um, and, And that's what I was about to say. They're fighting, but he just won't go down. And they kind of fight to a draw, and then Kleiser... Okay, what is it? Is it Kleiser or Kleischer? Kleiser? Because we say uh, it a lot also, I think. I don't I don't think we're going to get Kleiser. the right, like, German pronunciation either way. Well, how are you going to say it? Kleiser. Kleiser. Okay, I can say that. Kleiser. Kleiser. <laughs> um, and he's like, this fight doesn't matter anyways because the whole world is going to end in 18 minutes. And Hawkeye and Black Widow are also fighting, losing battles on their end. Hawkeye's team is kind of like randomly taken out. And he yells at Iron Man, thinking it was Iron Man. And 
they were all just taken out by electricity and Iron Man just tells him Thor is just like swinging his hand, hammer randomly and he's just lighting everything up in the area. So Thor is the one who took out Hawkeye's team. Yeah, it was. it's kind of cool, but I wish it was drawn more clearly. It looks like one of the UFOs falls on the Jeep that they're in and the Jeep like flips and you realize the UFO fell because... Thor's just destroying these things so fast. They're like raining from the sky. Yeah. And I just scrolled back a page and, you know, I missed Eric Kleiser. He looks like a pretty good Joker in that final panel in uh, that scene. He's like holding up a crowbar and he looks like he's, you know, he looks pretty Jokerish. And that's a pretty yeah, like a- uh, common thing for the Joker to be holding is like a metal rod or something. Yeah, he's got like a menacing smile. Yep. So Thor is just frying everything in the area. And it's pretty cool. They, it probably is from, uh, not from a movie, but it's probably been done in a movie <laughs> at some point. And... Fury says, sweet mother of God, I thought this guy was supposed to be a pacifist. And Thor says back, a pacifist with a big scary hammer. And Fury spots Cap and Kleiser fighting from a distance. And Kleiser has gained the upper hand and he's gloating to Cap about how scared the Nazis were of him. But he could always see the skinny army reject under all the muscles. And he tells Captain America he's wanted to eat him ever since he saw him on the recruitment poster. And then from off screen, we we see someone says, eat this mother effer. And it's Fury and he blows a hole halfway through his face. And it appears that the gun is just like floating in midair. But it's actually Fury invisible and Kleiser isn't uh, worried though and he just kicks him off so he's still alive this bullet and he can see the invisible nick fury yeah he's a little too exact <laughs> he's a little too op'd as the kids would say he is he's busted he's cracked um so elsewhere the mothership is coming down over phoenix and stark is doing everything he can to change the course of the ship so it flies away from the city though. Is that is that correct? That's what my notes say, but yeah, he like flies under the belly of it as it's like it's like dive bombing into the city and yep, he's like that trying to lift, the movie. It, lift it past the buildings. Yep, okay. I've seen that before. These comics sure do take a lot of inspiration from the movies. And not the other way around. (laughs) So, Tony's down pretty bad, though. He threw up in his suit. He gets the city away, but he, like, basically, like, you know, extinguished all of his, like, energy doing it. He threw up in his suit, and the medics get to him, and he's, like, rambling about how he can't go back up and fight. The stuff's too big for him. Everyone thinks he's this genius, and he's not. And the medics are like, okay, we're going to plug you back in and give you a good charge. And then you can go fight. And he's like, you don't understand. I can't go back up there. And the medics, it's a good line, Zach. They say, well, if you can't, can't, who will? 
and we get a, a good close up of Tony's face. So they plug him back in and he sucks all the electricity from the city and he flies away saying he has a job to do. And I like after the like close up shot of his face, you see he's looking at a bunch of like kids and people that have gathered to like look at him. He's like, oh, man, these are the people I'll be letting down if I don't go back up there. Yep. Oh, Tony Stark. Good Good superhero moment. moment. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Jinx, buy me a Coke. Okay. Black Widow busts through the alien lab, and she's just killing creatures. And this is another good moment here coming up. She leaves one of them alive, and she's like, you look smart enough to be able to disarm the super weapon. We're leaving you alive. And the alien says, what, what What does he say? Isn't he like, we've been fighting this war for like a million years. Or, or is that later on? No, yeah. He says, uh, they've driven us back to the fringes of the Western spiral arm, for God's sake. I've watched this world die a thousand times before see it fall to those walking cancer cells. Yeah. And they talk about there's like an ancient, he says that there's an ancient struggle between my people and our enemies. And Black Widow just says wrong answer and shoots him. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Good superhero moment. Good moment. I'm wondering how there's a Western spiral arm in space when there's no poles. Like, what do they say? That's like Doctor Who stuff. He's always talking about the, the, the constellation of Kisterberis and uh, oh yeah just you know go just w- random just random anything just go west in space yeah <laughs> exactly um that reminds me of a doctor who line where one of his companions say if you're from space why do you sound like you're from the north and he says lots of planets have a north <laughs> so that's kind of like what you just said that is good. Okay, so Kleiser is alive, and now he's got the upper hand on Fury and Steve. I'm just recapping. I don't know if we're actually back there. Yep, we are. We are. Um, because Widow killed the alien, and they don't know how to disarm the weapon. So they're kind of out of ideas for a minute. And Fury, Cap, and Kleiser are all fighting, and... He's Kleiser has his hands on Cap's throat and he's on top of him. And in parentheses, I put naked and he says, let me hear you say it. I surrender Eric Kleiser and Cap pushes him away and scoffs at him and says, surrender, surrender and stabs him through the chest with the shield. John Walker style, which is actually still alive. Yeah, I know he's still, I, 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 you, you didn't let me get to it. Sorry, sorry. We can edit then, it so that you get the moment. And then, so Cap says, so so this whole thing, he goes, surrender, surrender, and he stabs him through the chest, and then he says, you think this letter on my head stands for France? Because Cap has an A on his helmet. What did you think about that? That is... That's maybe- peak 2001 humor right there. It sure is. It truly is. That is maybe the most famous slash infamous panel and scene in this whole series. You see yeah. it online all the time. Like every every <laughs> two or three months, someone on Marvel Reddit will be like, hey, you guys remember the time Captain America said this? 
That's really funny. And it's also true because we all know the French are known for surrendering. And that's why we eat freedom fries instead of French fries here. I'm going to have to see what so, our numbers are in France before I decide if we're leaving that in just, the pot or not. I was just about I was just about to say sometimes I'll make jokes and last last episode Zach said to me, "I'm going to help you out and edit that one out." And I, that's what I was thinking when I was saying that one. I was like, "I wonder if Zach, Zach cuz Zach gets the final edits on all of these." You're just like testing the waters and seeing if yeah. I'll veto you. Yep. So I thought that was a mean joke about France that I just also made. <laughs> that you're complicit in? Yeah. Um, that Captain America and I are both complicit in. So Cap and Fury and Kleiser still alive, but I don't think that they even know that he is yet. Cap and Fury make a plan to have all their soldiers beat up Bruce Banner until the Hulk comes out. <laughs> Just reading that sentence in my notes, I didn't read ahead at all. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Cap and Fury make a plan to have the soldiers beat up Bruce Banner until the Hulk comes out. Um, and why do they need him? What I, I'm trying I guess to... they're just they just are like we're in over our heads. This can't make it any worse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Because the, the world's going to end in 18 minutes. It's got to be down to like 15 at this point. Yeah, that's true. So the remember banner is McGruber. Yeah. This, this um, sketch. From I never, I, I know SNL it's like that... Will Forte, but I never saw it. Okay. Well, the movie came later, but the SNL skit, it was always my favorite of that era. But, you know, he'd just be like getting distracted. He like has ADHD or something and he's like trying to like build something out of like paper clips and string and whatever <laughs> to disarm a bomb and his assistant will be they standing there and them. she'll be like 10 seconds mcgruber and then he'll he'll be like sure thing vicky <laughs> and then like get distracted and turn around and start talking about something else and oh, like, i gotta watch that i think that's this, so funny they are so funny um the sketch would go on for like two minutes after she said <laughs> 10 seconds mcgruber and then of course it'd end up with them all blowing up. That's awesome. It, it, and Will Forte is Yes. This countdown kind of reminds me of that because it's like they say, you know, 18 minutes, but truly they have as much time as the plot needs them to and, have. And they even, and at like the end of this issue, they even say 14 or 15 minutes. And I'm like, how could this have all happened in like three minutes? This was a whole issue. Right. Um, so, so Bruce Banner is just sitting with a bunch of soldiers, and then all of a sudden they just start pummeling him and being like, "We're on orders," you know, from Nick Fury. And Banner is like, "I'm pumped full of the antidote. I'm not. I'm, I can't change." And Captain America says, "Go with Plan B." And the soldiers chuck Bruce out of the helicopter. Cap says, "Go with they were, Plan B. I'll take I'll take responsibility for the body." Yeah, they were on a helicopter this whole time, and he was like in a straight jacket while they were beating the crap out of him. So, do we think that uh, he's going to change, or do we think he's going to splat? Honestly, I don't care either way. 
<laughs> Neither do I. Um, well, the final page is Bruce yelling no as he falls face first out of a out of the helicopter, and um, pretty good. I've yeah. been watching some Curb Your Enthusiasm, so I could do the the Larry David impression. You know, pretty pretty good. It indeed it was. I'll say this: of all the Ultimates issues we've read, this one had the funniest ending. Yeah, Bruce Banner just getting pummeled. <laughs> it really doesn't matter if he lives or dies or becomes the Hulk or they save the day or not. Just the idea that the the ace in the hole that they, they always had was, well, we could just beat the crap out of this guy we hate anyways. <laughs> that is so funny. I think the funniest the funniest part about it is how quick fury and cap were to go with that plan immediately they were probably like hey bruce can you turn into the hulk and he's like not right now and they're like okay give him hell boys and then the second it's not working cap's like we'll just chuck him out of the helicopter i'll take responsibility for it there's like a trend on twitter right now where people will just like post something and be like they have the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever have you seen that? I think I have. Yeah. Like the best one was when Trump was getting flown up to New York to be like arraigned for for his arrest or whatever. They were like as you can see the the president the former president is on this plane right now headed towards New York. <laughs> and someone said the pilot right now has the opportunity <laughs> to do the funniest thing ever. Um okay, so to to get back to our final judgments here. I said it was a good fight with Cap and Kleiser and some good scenes with Hawkeye, although I don't really remember what those are now because I don't think I touched them. I don't think I touched on them in my review. I don't so, know how that made it into your notes. Me neither. Did did he get a good scene like at the end or something? Or per my memory, the only thing Hawkeye did was fall out of a Jeep. Maybe I meant Black Widow. Maybe, I must have meant Black Widow. Sure. Because because I liked the scene of her killing that alien. Yeah. I love it when they don't mess around, Zach. Yeah. Um, I said, I'm excited for the conclusion, but I don't know where the super weapon is. And I don't know how they're going to stop it because they don't have, they've only got like a couple minutes left. It must be. <laughs> but I gave this one and I think I'm going to up it by half a point. So I'm giving this one a 15 out of 18 minutes until the end of the earth. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I feel like that super weapon and all the plot, that's that's secondary. That's incidental. We're just, we're vibing here. Yeah, Is, this um, was a good one. It was a good one. I'm in Nick a, Fury has a good line in it. Nick Fury is always funny, saying the funniest things. I'm realizing that now. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got some good ones in the next issue. Like, not always, good, like, funny things that bode well for him. Like, sometimes you're laughing at him, not with him, but that's fine, too. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm right there with you that this is a 15 out of 18. Okay. All right. We ready to get into the final issue, issue 13? We're, we're ready to get into it. And I know you don't always look at the titles, so this one is called How I Learned to Love the Hulk. Do you know what that's a reference to? Um, 
I know it sounds like something, but I but I don't know exactly what. Um, I don't know if it's his first film, but definitely Kubrick's first big film, Doctor Strange Love, or How I Learned to Love the Bomb. It's about mm. like the atomic age and nuclear war. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think of what this title. So, I was thinking. That this is like Bruce Banner sent talking in the title. You know, this is like a therapy session or something. How I learned to to love the Hulk. I think it's just the idea of recontextualizing your worst fear or like the most destructive tool in your toolbox. And like when it's on your side, you love it. Yeah. Because he's the bomb here. Yeah. And with a title like this, we could expect to get some redemption. For Today, redemption is spelled R-O-N. <laughs> what is that? Is that Hot Rod? It's No, that would be R-O-D. Yeah, it's Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Okay. You know what's funny about that is... Who says it in in that? Vince Vaughn. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was I was picturing in my head one of the other guys from Anchorman, but I think it's the cameraman whose name I who's also in Hot Rod, and I was picturing him say it. But hmm. fun fact: um, when I was in high school, I was on a pretty small plane um, going to New York for spring break. And I recognized the guy who was like in the seat diagonal from me. And I was like, this guy's in movies or something. And it was the bald sports dude from Hot Rod. Oh my gosh. Not was Hot Rod, it? From, from Anchorman. Yeah. And I oh, like, what's his name? Um... I don't remember, but I Googled it and I like quietly coughed it into my shirt and he turned around and I was like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> oh. That guy is also in the, the guy I was thinking of. His name is Chris Parnell, by the way. And then the guy you were just talking about, he's also in a movie called Out Cold that I think I told you is so funny and you need to watch it. It's Zach Galifianakis, like way early on. It's that guy, like before any. It's just so funny. Yeah. Wait, who were you saying Chris Parnell is? Chris Parnell is, uh, I know who he is, but like in that's who well, I was. That's who I was picturing saying the redemption is spelled R O. Is he in Hot Rod though? Or I keep yes, saying Hot Rod. Is he's in Anchorman? He is in Anchorman because he's the camera guy, so he doesn't have a huge role. But in Hot Rod, he is the AM radio right. guy. Of course, I, I he's iconic in Hot Rod. Um, yeah, and I love. <laughs> I love him also for a voice. Him, like explaining, I... him explaining his P tattoo. tattoo is so funny. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, but if I got one, there's nothing to stop me from getting more. And I would eventually get that one. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we're, we're falling down the rabbit hole. Uh, so this <laughs> issue 13... Again, written by Mark Millar, pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Paul Neary, colors by Paul Mounts, letters by Chris Iliopoulos. 
So Bruce Banner's falling out of the sky in a straitjacket. And the soldier who threw him out of the helicopter asks Fury for further orders, but then the helicopter just gets destroyed by a UFO. Um, and Banner crashes into a hangar, leveling it completely, and Fury says, hell of a thud for a 97-pound biologist. And just then, of course, we see the Hulk burst out from the rubble. So that's another thing we've we've seen in the movies, right? That is, and and you know, I guess they really give those soldiers their comeuppance pretty quickly for pr- pushing Bruce Banner out of a play. You know, they could have, if they wanted to, that means they, what I'm trying to say, Zach, is that means they made the choice to make Nick Fury and Cap treat Bruce Banner like this because they could have just had his helicopter blow up and the Hulk shows up. You know, that's true. If they instead, wanted to like, if that was the end goal, but instead yeah. they were like, no, the end goal is we want to beat up Bruce Banner. And, and then it's just funny if the helicopter explodes after the fact. <laughs> yeah. I like to think of it as like, well, at least those guys got to enjoy their last moments on earth yeah, that's beating true. up Bruce Banner. But that would be satisfying. Yeah. Um, Fury says, I hope you know what you're doing here, Captain, because all I'm doing is messing a decent pair of army pants, man. (laughs) So again, kind of like the last episode, he's just saying the weirdest stuff. Like, bro, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Yeah. He's got a, like, Samuel Jackson quality to him where every line he says is like, its own line you know he doesn't speak in yeah. conversations he just dude, is throwing out one-liners dude is witnessing the battle for the end of the world and can't help but make it about himself by just saying the darndest things <laughs> um so cap pushes fury and says nick get out of here and unfortunately it's not in response to Nick Fury peeing his pants. It's because Herr Kleiser reemerged and lunges at them. And before he can hit them, the Hulk charges Cap, yelling And he's still naked. Yeah, yeah. He didn't find clothes on the ground or anything. <laughs> um the Hulk charges Cap, yelling, Blue Man. Blue Man was supposed to be Banner's friend, but Blue Man made a fool of him just like everyone else. Blue Man laugh when he kicked Banner in the face, but he not laughing now Hulk is back, huh? And Captain America distracts him by saying, this isn't about you and me, this is about your girlfriend. And he then points to Herr Kleiser and says that he had been sleeping with Betty Ross while Banner was in solitary confinement. And Hulk throws Cap over his shoulder and starts wrecking Kleiser. (laughs) <laughs> and he keeps calling him the naked guy yeah naked guy so it is important with banner's girlfriend yeah yeah and and i think that this is i'm gonna nitpick i think that this would be better if tony were the one doing it this seems like a tony stark thing versus a captain america thing i like the idea that like captain america is this 
really great like battlefields strategist <laughs> you know and he he can think on the fly and adapt and come up with all these plans and this is how it's showing it's just <laughs> it doesn't seem like the type of plans that the regular captain america would make no but it was a good one yeah um 500 feet below ground wasp and black widow they're fighting the aliens that are in like the lab of the base they found the bomb but they don't know how to deactivate it and natasha says stark and wasp is like what and Black Widow says, Tony Stark, first college degree by the age of 11, XMIT, practically designed the internet. Get Stark on the line and tell him to get down here and switch that thing off for us. And um, above the ground, Hawkeye gets shot through the shoulder. So he's really pulling his weight in this battle. And Tony tells the ladies that he and Thor are the only ones fighting the alien ships and he can't leave his post and black widow's like leave that to the air force and tony says what air force nobody showed up and of course just then like hundreds of planes show up and she's like that air force stupid. america baby america because i'm proud to be an american <laughs> this is we do get some good american stuff in this in these two issues, you know, yeah. rock the flag persons and eagle, of brother. Yep. The persons of mass destruction. That's very 2001 war on terror stuff. The captain America, France joke. That's pretty good. The air force coming in and winning everything. All we need is a Ford F one fifty off roading. That'd be so funny if there was one like on the ground <laughs> like with an American flag on the tailgate. Yes. Anyways, so yeah, the the planes get there so he can leave. And on the ground, Hulk beats Kleiser practically into goo, then rips his head off. And Captain America gets into a helicopter and takes over the speaker on it to talk to Hulk. And he points at the alien ships in the sky and tells the Hulk, the pilot of that ship, called the Hulk a sissy boy. And we're really seeing the good and the bad of the Ultimates. This is one of the uh, worst moments. Hulk jumps into the air, screaming, Hulk straight! <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's just so darn goofy, you know? Like... I can just imagine <laughs> little 2003 edgelord Mark Millar just slapping himself on the knee and applauding himself for how funny he is right now. This this is where I think it would really it really more seems like it's a Tony Stark joke because I can see Robert Downey Jr. really nonchalantly being like Hawk, the people on those that those helicopters called you a sissy, you know, just just and he's like, Hawk, not a sissy. Yes, yeah. So I could see that. I thought that it was kind of funny, but the Hawk straight—that's so—that's just so goofy. Yep. Um. Meanwhile, downstairs, Iron Man says he doesn't know how to disarm the bomb or even where to start, and Janet is like, 
are you even going to try? And Tony says, first rule of business, manage time efficiently. Don't waste time scratching your head and skip straight to the backup plan. And Widow says, which is? And Tony tells them to stand back so he can move the device outside where Thor and um, he can dispose of it. And Black Widow says, Tony, before you do this, I just want to say goodbye and let you know I'll always treasure that special moment we shared in the men's room back at the base. That pre-battle relief really meant a lot to me. And I swear to you now that you will always be honored for the sacrifice you're about to make. Let's go, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. Again, it feels very shoehorned in. It feels like Mark Millar thinks to himself, I haven't mentioned sex in a minute. <laughs> uh, Boy, Tony Tony's and Natasha could have sex, huh? I'll just <laughs> write that in real fast. Perfect. <laughs> um, Tony says, uh, what sacrifice? And Natasha thinks he's about to fly the device into space on a suicide mission to save Earth. Which is, of course, a movie thing. Yep. But because this Tony is worse than the Tony in the movies, he says, what? Don't be ridiculous. I want Thor to use his magic hammer to teleport the bomb off world. And the ladies are horrified. Tony tells her to relax and says, you're talking about the Norse God of Thunder. And Natasha says, no, we're talking about a former mental patient. Haven't you noticed? Thor's insane. And Thor walks in with angelic light pouring in from behind him and says, Oh, ye of little faith. Pretty good superhero moments. Yep. Yep. And Thor bursts in feel... like a total Chad, I wrote. Yes. Doesn't this feel like a movie? Doesn't this just feel so much oh, more definitely. cinematic than oh, definitely. Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, 100%. Oh, every single panel is like from, you know, you can like see it in a movie. Like, yes. Um, lightning begins to fill the area and Iron Man, Black Widow, and the Wasp run out of the hangar as it starts to implode. And Natasha doesn't believe that that just worked. She's still afraid that Thor just has the ability. I don't believe that that just worked. Did, did you, did you already say that they got rid of the bomb? Did I miss you well, saying that? I mean, because it doesn't show it, but yeah, I think they're like, oh, the bomb's gone. Pretty convenient. Oh, I guess Thor just has this power where he can just disappear a super weapon into, like, what? Yeah. And Natasha's like, hey, great, where'd he put it? Kansas? It's still gonna kill us all. <laughs> and Thor beams back down and says he took the weapon to the wastelands of Nastrond. And he says the worst we're going to feel is a minor ripple in the three-dimensional di three Earth space. And I doubt it'll last more than a fraction of a second. Which feels way too smart for his character to know. And okay. then and then and then immediately, not to spoil it, but immediately they like feel a ripple and that's it. And well, I just it's it's but before Thor then, doesn't he... have this power of like teleporting random. So Thor can just teleport objects away now into other he, dimensions. I think he used the uh and not only can he do that. The Tony knew he could do that because he's like Thor will just I'm just going to bring this to Thor he'll teleport it with his magic hammer right he doesn't know that he has that power yeah. 
Well, before it that happened, before the shockwave, Natasha was like, okay, I'm done. If we only have 10 seconds left, I'm, I absolutely refuse to spend it bickering with. And then the shockwave came. And Thor was like, you were saying, Natasha? So that's kind of funny. And in the sky, the Hulk keeps destroying the alien mothership. Thor tells Fury, congratulations, you just let loose the one thing worse than an alien invasion. So now they're trying to stop the Hulk, and Hulk runs through the desert as military helicopters shoot at him. And he jumps into one destroying it. And from inside a different helicopter, Hawkeye shoots Hulk with an adamantium-tipped arrow with the Hulk antidote inside of it. Do they make just normal Hulk comics? Yeah. I mean, they must. So is the Hulk, like, conscious and, like, capable? Like, he's kind of annoying when he's just a dumbass who runs around and destroys everything. (laughs) And especially when he gets kind of rapey with people. Well, I don't think the ultimate Hulk ever got his own comic. I'm saying, like, there are Hulk comics, but they're not set in this universe. Okay. And in that, he's, like, better. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, generally. I think Ultimate Hulk is, as far as I know, the worst Hulk you can find. Okay. That's what it Um, seems like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it checks out. Um... So Hawkeye shoots him with the arrow that has the antidote and, but the Hulk just rips the arrow out of himself and starts charging at Hawkeye's helicopter and he jumps towards it and Hawkeye thinks he's about to die. But at the last second, the Hulk changes back into Bruce Banner and just falls limp and unconscious into Hawkeye's lap. And all the other soldiers are laughing at Hawkeye for freaking out about it. And, Suddenly, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch appear. Nope, nope, nope. You skipped over one of my favorite my favorite page in the book. Oh, what I miss. <laughs> okay, so this takes me back to I I really think that these guys who wrote this must be like pretty patriotic. Or or they are just like satirizing pretty well. Um because you get this this page right after they they get banner and and you know he's good now and the job's done and then you get this awesome full page drawing of these like three american u.s air force jets just looking like pristine flying away like from a job well done and in the background there's just pure carnage and chaos and like everything is on fire and You've just got these American jets flying away. It's so funny, I think. As if these jets had anything to do with that outcome. I know. Obviously, they they didn't. But I think that the... I, 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 you know, that's the point that they're making, I think, is... I, I think that these writers are a bit more left-leaning than than right-leaning because i think that that's what they're making fun of is like this is the kind of stuff america does like we just go in and destroy everything and then we're like mission accomplished like let's go home i think they're being sincere do you I don't think they I, you gotta think in that time period like 
it wasn't something that people realized yet, like how ridiculously over overblown it was. People were into it. Is this that different? Is this that different than like Team America World Police? Like that is more obvious, like, you know, but I think it's similar to this, but I don't know. Maybe I'm. I think this is the sincere version that Team America is satirizing. That's funny. Then yeah. the, then then this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's giving very um mission accomplished band. Definitely. Oh vibes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the spirit of, you know, mission accomplished, uh Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch appear and Quicksilver says we did it, sister. We saved the world. And he specifically says sister, and they're specifically like in a romantic pose with each other. And that also just has to feel like it was done on purpose. They've done it too many times now for it not to. Yeah. It's subtextual here. Later on in comics that we're not going to read because they're very bad, it will become uh, like officially textual. Yeah. Um, and Natasha gets annoyed and says, what are you even talking about? You two weren't even here. And Quicksilver says, actually, if you slow down the satellite imaging, you will see that my sister and I and Natasha drops her head and puts three fingers on the crest of her nose and says, oh, here we go again. The first time he said that issues back, I was like, that's funny. Quicksilver is like running around in the background. I think he's just full of it. Now, I don't think they're there at all. <laughs> they totally showed up just now because they knew the battle was over and they yeah. won. Yeah. That is funny. I I like that there's this callback. Yeah, me too. It feels earned and it feels like it it makes the issue better. Yeah. Um so later at the Triskillian, Bruce Banner is back in his containment pod watching a parade celebrating the Ultimates on TV. Oh, well, it, hey, uh, wait a second. What so, I miss? I mean, you didn't, like, miss anything, but I just thought that there's a good moment. So after we get the incest moment between Quicksilver and his sister, we see, like, Captain America kind of, like, out of breath, bent over behind a old, a big, like, army truck. And someone just like happens upon him and is like, hey, will you say some words to the guys? It'll mean a lot. You know, they just saved the world. And he's like, yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Just give me a second. And then the next time we see him, he's like saluting. Oh, he wasn't just hunched over. He was throwing up. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I, was, I was thinking he was just like out of breath. But yeah, yeah, he is throwing up. And then the next panel we see him and he's like front and center saluting with Nick Fury and everyone behind and I just think it's a good little Captain America moment, you know, like he's he's out of breath. He's just a guy. Yeah. And um, then, and then and Janet then... Pym gets a good gets a good superhero. She's like, I think we're officially superheroes now. And we get a good shot of the whole team with her front yeah. and center. Yeah, I almost put that moment in the in my notes, but my notes were already running long. Didn't make the cut. Yeah, this issue was long, you know? Yeah. Um. So later at the Triskillian, uh, Banner's in his containment pod. 
and he asks Betty Ross if she thinks they'd be celebrating if they knew that about 20,000 soldiers got killed in Micronesia or that he was the one who turned the tide of the battle. And Betty says something pretty crazy that you're just going to have to read the book to find out about because I'm not going to say it here. Nope, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, so... Bruce is like... So Betty says that stuff, and then Bruce is like, I can still... Apparently he ate the air Kleiser, you know the shapeshifter he like ripped him apart and like ate him and he's like i can still hear the crunch of the bones like i can still taste the blood in the back of my throat like this is so messed up do you have do you know how messed up this is betty and betty is like kind of staring off into space and she's like oh sorry bruce i was just thinking about those satellite pics of you wolfing down that man's intestines like some kind of animal and dot 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 well do you think fury would let you and i have some kind of conjugal visit anytime soon and i think this is where the title comes from because (laughs) because I was thinking of this. This isn't something I thought about for like 24 hours. It was right before we started filming. I was thinking about this and I was like, I think this is where the title comes from because this is why Bruce likes the Hulk is because Betty is a freak and she has like some sort of thing with the Hulk sexually, obviously. I know. I know. Something like that. This is like she reminds me of. Who's the girl in the boys that like goes from being like the main CEO lady's secretary to like getting her job. Oh yeah. The girl whose hair falls out. That's just losing her mind constantly. (laughs) She like reminds me of that. Except I think Betty is like in control as can be. She's just like a sicko. She's an absolute sicko. When I, when she (laughs) said that I was fighting two urges to, laugh out loud and to throw up but but it goes with her character because she has said this stuff all series she's been like leading to this and now she's finally like embracing how disgusting she is (laughs) but her character shouldn't be like that please (laughs) you you have every reason in the world mark millar to not write a character who gets turned on by cannibalism oh my gosh (laughs) yeah so see aren't you glad we didn't skip that oh yeah Uh, um thankfully that scene ends and nick fury is talking with steve and says 18 percent of the country thinks they faked the attack to get a bigger budget bigger budget and which i would not put past them but they didn't no, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says they're storing Banner's poop just in case Kleiser survives and shape changes out of it. And he then congratulates Cap on how funny the do you think this A stands for France line was, which is actually just Mark Millar patting himself on the back for it. <laughs> that's funny because it is. Shameless. Yep. Um, and Janet is at the hair salon when she gets a call from Hank, who tells her not to hang up. 
and he thanks her for dropping the charges against him and says he's also dropping his charges against Cap. And he's... Uh, these last few pages, it's just a lot of, like, exposition and, like, wrapping up just through dialogue. That's That's kind of what all these people are doing. So he's letting us know that she dropped her charges, he dropped his charges against Cap. And he asks if they can meet up for coffee sometime and says, I know the circumstances of us breaking up weren't ideal, but there's no reason we can't be civil about this. And Janet tells Hank he doesn't know the meaning of the word civil, then calls him a jackass and hangs up. As she should. Yep. And well earned. Yes. Later, and he got, and he's and he's in pretty bad shape from the Captain America fight. Like for a second, I actually thought that they made him paralyzed, and I was like, "Oh, that's t- I don't like that. That's too dark." And then he's not paralyzed, but he's pretty messed up. Yeah, he's like in a neck brace and a sling. and a broken arm, and and yeah. So, yeah. Later, the whole team, except for Banner, Hank, and Thor, who morally objected, um, is having dinner at the White House. Natasha makes some comment about having her eyes on her next ex-husband while watching Tony hit on Laura Bush, which is kind of funny. Tony tries to take her to bed in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> yes, he's very specific. Yeah. Um. Janet and Steve are dancing and she apologizes for blowing up at him in the hospital earlier and says he just caught her at a bad time. And she says she didn't mean a word of it. And they kiss and Nick Fury looks on approvingly and says his third really weird thing and is like, I thought the guy was never going to get some. (laughs) I know it actually it actually is really funny because. First, we see Nick Fury look on, and and it's and it's just like a pretty good seat, like shot, I think. And he just says, "Well, ain't that nice?" And then they have to add the second the second panel, which is another drawing of Nick Fury. And instead of just walking away down a hallway, which would be like perfect, he says, "I thought that guy was never going to get some." And Zach, that's exactly what I thought. I was like. <laughs> Why are you turning him into like that weirdest dude? It's like this. Even when there's really good moments, Mark Millar just cannot help himself, but make it either cynical or edgy. Like that would have been such a sweet, well-written, well-earned moment. I love a good Captain America dance scene. Yeah. And he's in his like old timey, like World War Two service uniform and janet just got her hair done up yeah they look like a cute couple and they come out of this event as like the likable ones i yeah. i actually i actually really do janet is my favorite ultimates member by I, a mile. I i really like this this scene of her them apologizing to each other and yes. then they smooch and caps kind of awkward about it and then they just keep dancing we're not going to keep and reading then Nick Fury talks books. about them having sex. Yes, we're not going to keep reading Ultimates books, but if we did, it would be for these two characters. That's what would be the hook for me. Yeah. Um Yeah, honestly, I was very surprised 
earlier, like in I think in your issue. Well, finish, when... finish, finish the finish oh, the the issue, so we can just you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fury walks down the hall into the Oval Office and excuses the Secret Service men at the door, saying, "At ease, boys. Go get some drinks. Ain't ev- ain't every day that you save the world." And that's it. The, the pretty, book ends. Pretty good. Pretty good. Final final drawing is uh, the White House with a bunch of fireworks all around it. Yep. It's pretty good. I did like it. Yes. I I told you it ends on a higher note than it, yep. like 90% of it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what your series grade will be. So. Yeah. So for the issue specifically, what were you saying, by the way, when I rudely interrupted you and told you to get oh, back to good. it? Oh, you're good. I was just saying, like, every time they start a sweet moment, they have to end it with something that takes you out of it, you know? Yeah. Cynical or edgy. And I'm really surprised in your issue when um, Iron Man got the, well, if if you don't do it, who will moment. I'm so surprised that they just let that resonate and end right there yeah. and didn't try and shoehorn some like stupid line after it. Yeah. Cause that's what like should the have only... just taken out that panel of Nick Fury walking down the hall. If they, they had should've. just left that and then he walks down the hall and goes into the oval office and does the thing. And we get the picture of the Capitol. Perfect. Literally the frustrating thing about this series is it would be so much better just by taking things out, not even adding things to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I I did still uh, like this issue. Um, and you kind of skipped over the Hulk pooping out the shapeshifter. But, you know, specifically they're collecting until they get to a hundred percent of it and they're at 43 percent right now of of the shapeshifter that they found so i did this out of percent of shapeshifter that they've gotten out of hulk's poo and i gave this an 82 percent of of shapeshifter poo okay i like it um i'm gonna give it an 80 percent pretty close to yours I like it. Yeah. What would the last one be? I wonder. What's a fifteen out of eighteen? Because that's what I, I was trying to figure out. Last, I do think that the last one was better than this one. I also thought that, but I didn't. I wasn't going to do the. So that's an eighty-three percent. Okay. Okay, I can handle that. Yours was a one point difference. Yeah, it was probably more like a five point difference. So maybe this should get like a seventy-eight percent of shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah. This what this finale didn't fall flat, but it definitely didn't live up to like maybe the three issues that came before it. Yeah, a lot of it feels kind of rushed. yeah. I could have definitely because I I could have used them actually like getting rid of the super weapon in a way that didn't feel so like out of the blue, you know. Even if we had like. Because the thing about using powers is you have to show them using it before. So it doesn't just come out of nowhere and be like, oh, Thor had this ability this whole time. So even if they had showed something back in issue two, you know, or the first time we see Thor, where he's just like 
teleporting a thing away from someone to like annoy Nick Fury. He's like teleporting his coffee to another dimension. Then that would be like a funny joke that you could then call back and be like, we, he could do this. Remember, you know, but it just comes out of nowhere. That would be a really funny joke, by the way, that I just came up with on the spot. Thor, you know, t- doing that to Nick Fury's coffee or something. Marvel call John. Yeah. I think they could have done a better job of making this clear, but I think the point of him revealing that he could move the bomb when he did the way he did was to validate that Thor wasn't crazy the whole time. He actually was a Norse God because the whole series, they all tolerated him, but thought he was just a crazy guy with powers. I think him actually being able to take it to a different dimension that he knows that exists that none of them knew about. I think that kind of cements to them that he was telling the truth. Okay. I can, I accept it. That's fine. Yeah. It's still not perfect, but I think that was the intent. <laughs> um, do you have a uh, a rating for the series out of 10? Man, I have been wrestling with this because I truly, figured when I said, oh, yeah, let's read Ultimates. I had remembered it with like rose colored glasses because the last thing you read is like these last three or four issues they're a great palate cleanser for everything that came before it. At this point, you're like, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. But God, it's a slog, like just to get to that point. And <laughs> there's so many things that are just like actively distasteful. How and many issues were bad? When did it start getting good? So it's 13 issues. Like I want to say start getting good at like nine. Hank Pym, like nine. Okay. I th- I don't no, even that think was it a- was good then. I mean, that was... <laughs> That was necessary, but I wouldn't say it was like I was loving it. Well, I probably am looking at this with a bit a bit of rose tinted glasses because, you know, I enjoyed it and had fun with it. Uh, but I gave it a seven out of ten for the series. I I'm glad to hear that. Cause I think I think the the turning point is when they introduced the aliens. Cause before they introduced the aliens and it's kind of meandering, I don't think either of us were having as much fun as I thought we would. Yeah. Yeah, the aliens were good. I think yeah. I I think you and I could have written a better story. Dude, we you should. Kleiser showed up out of nowhere. We don't even have any backstory on him or why he's important. He says all of his good lines to Janet instead of to Cap. Yeah, that was weird. Um, you know, great joke about Thor moving Nick Fury's coffee that just goes to waste on the cutting <laughs> room floor. <laughs> yep um Um, yeah yeah i don't know what's yours i i'm gonna give it a six out of ten just because the reevaluation has made me think less of this comic than i did going in but truly if you can make it to the end it, it gets to a point where it's just you turn your brain off and you're just vibing you're just having fun with it yeah, it was it was fun. I do I would love to talk to Mark Millar. I'm sure he's done interviews about his politics on like the war on terror that was happening at this time and because it's I mean it's impossible to not see like similarities and allegories and all this stuff and and it would oh, be nice to know 100% was- what this book is about. 
Yeah. And gosh, it looks like satire to me, but maybe people were just really thick back then. And you just had to like, you could just hit people over the head with, you know, symbolism or something without them noticing. Like it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, what am I trying to say? It's pretty easy to see like, oh yeah, all these American planes are awesome and they're flying in and like, you know, saving the day and everything like that. So because it's that out in the open, it seems to me like it's like parody more than, but, but maybe that's just how it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, so that was fun. So that is, the ultimates those are like the premier superheroes in ultimate spider-man's world um i think he might meet them here in the coming months Ooh, that'll be very exciting so are we gonna do ultimates too and this a new ultimates is starting now right god no so we're not doing ultimates too um ultimate invasion by jonathan hickman and brian hitch hey that's the artist from this book issue one of that uh should be out if not by the time you guys are hearing this like within a week of you guys hearing this Ooh. so but we're not gonna comic shop i i am but not not, not, not for the pod no okay Okay, well then, well then, you know, only read that, but after Spider-Man to our listeners. Yeah. First yeah. read Ultimate Spider-Man, then you can read the new Ultimates. We're not called read Ultimate Spider-Man after you've read that other stuff. We are your first stop. Yeah. And don't forget it. Um. Okay, well, are we done with Ultimates? We're, yep, are we're we done. turning the page on it? Yep. Um, We're theoretically yep. and literally turning the page to a new comic. Yep. Or back to the old one that we've, yeah, our main one. Yeah. Um, so next week, we will be in Ultimate Spider Man issues 35 through 36, continuing with the Venom arc. Oh, that's right. Where did we leave off with that? Um, he met Eddie Brock and got his black suit and eddie brock is like a weird angry college kid (laughs) yep i remember the personality traits more than the the plot uh goings on honestly i think that is a mark of good writing because it makes it makes the people the characters feel real yeah yeah um well cool so Unless you have anything, I think we're done talking about actual comic books for today. Oh, that means we can talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, that's what I was about to say. Okay, what did you think? I'm going to ask you two questions here. First, what did you think, of course? And second, what part did you think I was, like, sobbing in theater? And when I looked at my sister, I started, like, sobbing and laughing even harder at the same time. Oh my gosh, and then I have such a funny thing to tell you about schools letting out. Okay, well, okay. Should I do that Um, one first? I'll do that one first. Okay. Because I thought about embarrassing myself in public, and and it made me think of what... So I had to go to this mass for... It was like the eighth grade graduation last night, Tuesday night. 
and I, of course, walk in like five minutes late because I'm a bad Catholic. And um, all of the teachers are in the front in the same section. And I go and sit in the back and I'm like biding my time for like five minutes, like plotting out. I'm going to go. I'm going to squeeze in here. I won't cause any scene. No one's even going to know that I (laughs) showed up late. And... Zach, I had it planned out to a T. I knew exactly which row I was going to go into. I knew when everybody was going to stand. And when everybody stood, I was going to go. And oh my God, of course, as I'm going into the row, they have the reserve signs on top of the pews. And I like knocked one off and it like clattered to the pew. And like everybody turned and looked at me. And I was just like, Dude, it was just like one of those things that like could have been a sitcom. It was like so perfectly embarrassing. <laughs> like <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um anyway, and that reminded you of crying in Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it reminded me of embarrassing myself <laughs> in public, making a lot of noise in an otherwise quiet place. Gotcha. Um Yeah, so to answer your first question, I loved this one um i think it was my favorite of the three guardians movies uh i loved how like everyone all the characters got a really satisfying conclusion to their story arc um i really liked the music i know that's always like the hallmark of the guardians movies but it was always like my dad's music in the other ones and in this one because they've actually been to earth and they like have some more modern music like yeah there was like three or four songs that played that i was like oh i grew up with that oh i remember when that came out in high and you know i was in high school yeah you know oh i haven't thought about that song in years i love that um and they all fit super well with like the you know the mood of whatever like the scene was trying to do it was great um it was very sad what I'm just going to say spoilers ahead. Definitely. Already, it's been out for made so long. To the end of the episode, you've listened to all the important stuff we had to say. Get out of here if you haven't seen it yet. But it was so sad. Like, obviously, as soon as they introduced in flashbacks rockets, like I friends know. that you had never I seen know. before. You like, know that they're going to end up dying. But you it know that they're going to die. But they felt, they reminded me very specifically Dude. of like, Winnie the Pooh's friends like they felt like the kind of innocent childlike characters that would live in like the hundred acre woods and have their little specific ways of talking and seeing them in like those terrible little pins and being treated so awful and knowing like what their fate was it just made it so sad and I'm guessing that's when you cried is when they died um, well, I cried a bunch. I cry at everything. But the, the part where I was like, both times I saw it, I like was losing it the most is actually when, um, when he is talking to her in like heaven or whatever you'd call it. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that that's the part that really gets me, even though I'm the whole time I'm obviously expecting her to be like, because he's like, can I come with you? And, and she says yes and then the scene kind of changes and the whole time you're just i was at least just waiting for her to come back and i knew she was gonna say but not yet like the whole time like i was just like waiting for it and it was awesome and it was awesome 
I love Rocket, and I was even to the point where I didn't want to see him suffer anymore, and I was like, please just let him die and go to no. heaven with his little friends. No. Um gosh, I really, really liked it also. Um it was definitely my favorite Guardians movie. Maybe the first one, but I haven't seen the first one in a minute. But I liked it more than the second for sure. Um gosh, it was just so good. It was I if I'm gonna complain about stuff, I would say the first maybe forty five minutes to an hour, I wasn't really liking that much because I don't really like it when movies are just like we need to go and get this, and now we need to go and get this, and now we need to go and get this. And the stuff with Adam Warlock happens that kicks off the movie. And then they're like, we need to go and get this thing to save Rocket because we can't use our medicine on him. So we need to go and get this thing. And then they get it. And then it's like, oh, we still don't have it. Now we need to go somewhere else to get this thing and save Rocket. And at that point, I was like... Uh, just like wake Rocket up. Come on, we know that you're gonna save him. Like, just get. I want to see. And then once they do finally get the medicine and he wakes up, it is so good. It is like one of the best, like hour to an hour and a half in a Marvel movie when he finally like wakes up. But I, but I think maybe that could have gone on a little bit shorter. But they needed to fit his whole backstory in throughout the movie. So yeah. before he actually wakes up. So I understand it. It, but it definitely was, really was a bit of a fetch quest to begin. Um, yeah. But and I, I was a little irritated by that, too. But the music kept me going and uh, the homages to other science fiction movies kept me going. Like there was a lot of kind of subtle 2001 a space odyssey things in there like the colors of their suits and the way the space station looked and then um when they get uh i think it's like three of them like nebula and drax and mantis i think get thrown in to be fed to those creatures and the gates just slowly opens i'm like oh this is like from return of the jedi yeah so it's like i liked that that it's a science fiction movie that references science fiction movies um um what are some other good we get a good yondu moment where he teaches craglin how to use the arrow at the end i love a good yondu moment yeah and something i noticed that might not mean anything but i'm sure it does is did you notice any similarities between rocket and adam warlock um how do you mean well on on rewatch, I bet you will because, well, one, they're just kind of even built similarly in that they're both created by the high evolutionary who we didn't even talk about, but he was awesome also. Um, and oh my gosh, like the, the, the big fight at the end where they all just get to pummel him together. And it, it's, I just loved it. I loved the whole, every single second where they're like, there's kids on that ship. We can't leave. Or they're like, there's kids on that ship. And Gamora's like, we're all out of here. We made it out. And Rocket turns around. And then I like love every single second of the movie. Dude, it was amazing. I was like crying. It was great. and I have started just looking at each other and just saying, jupe, jupe. Because of those, the little kids. When he, 
when he does, and this is where I talk about calling things back. He's messing with the gravity boots at the beginning of the movie, and then that's how he gets them at the end. He falls the gravity boots, and he says his name's Rocket Raccoon, and it's just amazing. I just yes. love it. Um, when they I don't showed even know those, what I was talking about. But. When they showed those gravity boots, I looked over at Shiloh, and I was like, oh, that's a Chekhov's gun. Uh, yep. Oh, it was Adam Warlock. Well, okay, so they're both made by this guy. And so that they've got some similarities no matter what. But it's also, it would be, we would be in Rocket flashbacks. And then immediately we would come back and the same thing would be happening to Adam Warlock. And the one I can remember very specifically is that all Adam Warlock comes in and starts off the, the fight like the movie and then nebula stabs him and he's like that hurts and he's like confused you know because he's like never felt that and then we immediately go to the scene where rocket gets like tortured and the first words he says are like hurts you know and that happens twice in the movie we get like back-to-back scenes of like you know similar things happening to those two characters so you know, I don't know if that means that it was just like something that I noticed that I was like, oh, he just said it hurts. And now did we get right. You know, that's thematic something. <laughs> it probably does because, you know, these script writers get, you know, like that's such a honed craft. They're at such a yeah. high level. Last week when we were talking about like there's people who know how to technically make a movie and like do it, you know, and it's like, oh, this shot is this. And, you know, they're like from a from a academic stance they're like really proficient at it but they don't remember how to like draw people in and tell a story that gets you invested in it and interested in it and then there's the people who have both and i i we had just talked about that when i went and saw it in theaters and i was thinking yeah james gunn is one of those guys who has both because yeah like this has those like what i'm talking about where it's like oh that was an homage to like Stanley Kubrick or whatever, like a film bro would appreciate that. But also it's a silly movie that tugs at your heartstrings. You know, he just, he killed it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Especially the last like hour and a half of it. I was just like, perfect. I, I, the only thing that would have made me upset was if Peter died going back for his stupid Zune, I would have been like, that is absurd that he just died like that and i thought he was going to for a second i thought he was gonna die and then his face got real ugly and i was like surely they won't explode his face it feels feels very indiana jones reaching under the closing door to get his hat kind of thing yeah (laughs) um back to, to when you were talking about the high evolutionary i thought it was i mean it's like a tragedy that his whole goal was to create the perfect society and he never realizes that he succeeded with rocket's batch because like those characters were so peaceful and so happy and so like copacetic together in the worst situation. If he had created paradise and given it to them, they would never have screwed it up. But he Hmm. was like, he was unwilling to accept that. And it's like, you just want to shake him. And he's like, you know, rocket, how do you have like the spark of like 
you know, life or ingenuity or whatever. And these other things don't. And it's like, he's like, you're, you're a flaw. You're, you know, you weren't what I intended. It's like, yes, the point isn't that he looks super evolved. The point is that you created a peaceful being and a peaceful society. But they're like, okay, I see what you mean. And I even agree with you, but they're, like they've all been worked on from batch to batch, you know, like, especially I think you're supposed to most, I mean, you can tell every time they talk that they're not all on the same like intelligence level, but I think specifically when they're all picking out their names, you get like a degree of just like, you know, how, like, uh, what's the word, how, um, like Like, conscious or, you know, human they are because, Floor is named Floor because she's sitting on a floor. And then Teeth, he actually picks a name for himself. You know, he's got big teeth, so he picks the name Teeth. And then Lila picks an actual name that she likes. And then Rocket has, like, a meaning behind the name that he picks that he likes. You know, so they all are, like, one more step towards, like becoming conscious, kind of. Or or is that the word? What's the Westworld term? Is it conscious? I know what you're saying. Like there are different degrees of enlightened or aware. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, they have empathy. And to me, it feels like, you know, even, even if you're dumb, you know, like there's personhood there and he, the high evolutionary can't see that, you know, he wants to create a society of Mozarts and he can like technically do it, but they're like selling crack on the streets and killing each other. But he was great. Yeah, what were you about to say? Because I was I about to talk. I don't know. No, I he was, was he was great. I thought he was perfect. It's always fun watching the second time with someone who's watching the first time because I was watching with my sister and they're meeting the high evolutionary and they get metal detected and Peter gives up the guns and my sister was immediately like, oh, they didn't Groot has his guns inside him or something like that. They didn't check. I don't know. And I was like. <laughs> I was not thinking of that at all. When Groot like pulled all the guns out of his body, I was like, I completely missed that that was about to happen. Like, I forgot that he had guns, but they're like, oh, no weapons past this point. And I'm thinking, we've seen like five movies at this point of Groot killing so just, many people just, just with his hands. His arms. Yeah. yeah, they look at Nebula and they're like, your body is a weapon. You can't come in. And it's like, that's true of him too. <laughs> Um, gosh, it was just so good. I mean, we could have a pot on it. I know. We we, we talk about it all day. I was a little sad that like all of counter earth got destroyed and all those people died and it was just kind of a footnote, but I also thought it was funny that they included counter earth because that's a thing from the comics that I've always found very silly. Yeah. (sighs) All right. You got anything else? Nope, I, I'm I'm pretty proud of myself that you know we finally so get to actually I. discuss a so, movie. So that we mine wasn't that fun. Think how that much was fun great. that was. Yeah, I need to start taking your recommendations more. <laughs> um, well, I don't really have anything else either. I will say that um, you know, friend of the pod, Brick Buffett. He gave me a really great YouTube um, idea that I think I'm going to do. I just read it before we hopped on to record. 
So, so Brick, if you're listening, that'll give you some, you know, you can be like, oh, this is when, this is when he replied to my comment telling me great idea. Um, but I'm going to make our YouTube channel the ultimate in one section, the ultimate team up in another, and then just ultimate Spider-Man in one. So that way, if people are watching, which I know most people use the, the podcast apps, you know, only a couple people actually watch on YouTube. But now if they do, it'll be a little bit easier. Thanks to Brick. Brick, you get an executive producer credit for that good idea. Congratulations. You're part of the pod. You're part of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um, Should we should we give people out like a little uh, like good on you? You know, like I oop not not the place that I work. Zach bleep that out. (laughs) And there we give what's called a panther praise. Yeah, because we're the Panthers, so I don't know if we wanted to give. Uh, you know, let's like, think of like a Spider-Man theme spider Man okay. theme that we okay. can give out that we can just give out quickly, and people can just rack those up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brick's got one. Other listeners, catch up. Be more like yeah. <laughs> you got to get on the ball. Um, leave us a comment, subscribe, five star review. I'll just. Why don't I just lead into our uh, our end from this? Do you have anything else, Zach? Nope. Go for it. Well, this. This was this was pretty fun. I like doing the ultimates. I'm glad that we got to do it. Um, so I'll say thank you to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And you can always find Zach and I uh, uh, at the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, on Apple Music, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also come and leave us a comment or give us a follow at First Read Podcast on Instagram. Send us an email, firstreadspidey at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube with what will soon be a new and improved uh, way to listen to all the pods in order. But I still need to update that. But that would be First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast at Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. All right. Hey, have fun at your, uh, have fun at your shows this weekend, Zach. I'll see you, you next week. 